Welcome to another Youth Centered Podcast. Rick Gorman at the YC here. Can't tell you how excited I am about today, today's podcast. As you listeners know, the last couple of weeks I've been really pumped about having these three girls come in. Um, uh, big shout out to my man Andy Van Horn, who actually put me on to this group. And I'm really excited to pick their brain. I want them to kind of talk about what they're doing. They're doing some really cool things up at the high school. And giving their platform the opportunity to let people in town know what's up. So girls, thanks for coming on the You Centered Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I am lucky to have, and uh, I, I've been practicing this, so I think I got this, but I'm lucky to have Jamila Namaganda, Christina Bayer, and Courtney Igbinosa as my three guests today. So girls, what we usually do in the podcast is we have our guests do their own introduction. So, you know, a lot of people say, okay, let, let Rick read off what their bio is. And I, I want our listeners to really hear from themselves or who they are. So when we start with Courtney, who are you? Um, hi everyone, I'm Courtney Benosa. I am 16 years old and I'm a junior at North Andover High. Um, I'm originally from Peabody, Massachusetts, but I moved here when I was three and I've been here ever since. Uh, my parents are originally from Nigeria and they immigrated here to the US and then they had my siblings and me and I'm the oldest sibling. Um, at school, I'm heavily involved in the music department. I sing in two out of the three NAS choirs um, and I'm also a section leader in um, the alto voice section of the choir. Um, alongside that, I am also part of the Drama Guild and the Winter Guard at the high school. And in the BSU, um, I'm mainly in charge of the content creating and all of the other artistic content on social media and also the writing. Awesome. Christina, who are you? Um, hi, I'm Christina Bea. I'm 17 years old and I'm a senior at North Andover High. I'm originally from Revere, Massachusetts. I moved to North Andover the summer before my seventh grade year. Um, my parents are originally from the Democratic Republic of the Congo and immigrated to the U.S. in 2001. At school, I sing at, in the NAS choir. Um, I'm also involved in the Drama Guild. And after high school, I plan on going to college and majoring in political science on the pre-law track, hoping to make my way into politics. Um, I haven't committed to any colleges yet, but, um, you know, I Wow, small world. So first of all, I was a political science and pre-law major in college myself, oh, wow. and I'm from Winthrop, next door to Revere. Really? So how long did you live in Revere? Um, so I was born at the, in Boston, and we lived there till I was four years old, and then we moved to like Ohio and wow. Atlanta, and then we came back. And we lived in Lawrence, Salem, and we came back to Revere. So I was there. So you've been you've been pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. So I was there until seventh grade when I moved here. Great. Yeah. And in the BSU, I'm in charge of networking and connecting with other BSUs in the Boston area. Great. I'm looking forward to really hearing about other groups that are doing it too. And last but not least, Jamila. Hi, I'm Jamila Namaganda. I am 17 years old, and I'm also a senior at the North Endeavor High. Um, I'm originally from Lowell, but I only lived there for like four years. Then I moved to Burlington and Texas, and I came here in seventh grade. My family is from Uganda, and um, they moved here for better opportunities, just my parents. Most of my family lives there. Um, and I'm the oldest in my family. I am also um, part of the North Andover choirs as well, um, two of them. Um, I plan on majoring in nurse anesthesia, and I'm planning on committing to Worcester State. Um, 
and for the club i am in charge of organizing and finalizing things and like selling products for the club awesome awesome very excited to hear so let's let's start where it started so offline we we talked a little bit about you know my history here and how excited i was that your organization is is uh, around and doing some great things so how did the black students union start at north end of a high school um so over the summer our um advisor miss patry she uh emailed me and she was like i feel like our school needs um more than just like a student council and a student ambassadors we need a voice for students of color and so she asked me like if I wanted to start a black students union. And my first thought was I need to ask someone in the, uh, like one of the underclassmen to be a part of it so that this can continue on because I was going into my senior year. So I decided to ask Courtney. Nice. Yeah, so um, going off of that, uh, yeah, I remember uh, last summer she came and asked me if I wanted to run the club with her. And I was really excited to join because I was really excited of um, there being the prospect of a club where students of color, black students were able to come together and reside in a safe space because I know that I myself and they, and I'm pretty sure many students of color across the town haven't really had a safe space where they felt free to express themselves or felt free to discuss certain issues about race. So just the fact that this was an idea, I was totally on board. And then I began asking um, some of my other friends like, hey, do you um, see yourself joining this club in the future if we ever started it? And so a lot of people were like, yes, I'm on board. And then in October, we started our Instagram account and then the rest took off from there. So yeah. how, how many kids are in the Black Student Union? A lot. We have like <laughs> 50 like in our like registration, mm -hmm. but like actively like half of that i think yeah, like yeah. About 20. Yeah. but this is your first year right yes. so to have <laughs> yeah. 25 active people it's, yeah, and it's 50, very exciting yeah. uh, very exciting so talk to me i'm big on you know mission statements so what mm. is the mission statement of the black student union um so our mission statement is to really uplift and feature black and brown voices at the high school um to really discuss certain aspects of the black community and certain issues within the black community and also to help serve our community, especially black, indigenous, and people of color communities throughout the valley, hopefully, um, through certain acts of service. And we really want to improve race relations, not just within North Andover High, but across the community as a whole. Now, you guys mentioned that there are, um, you wanted to do some background on other black student unions. Uh, where did you hear of other, are, are there local towns and high schools that are also have black student unions? Um, so we can we've so no we haven't connected with anybody locally like in the Merrimack area but I have a friend in Stoneham who started SOAR it's students organization against racism yeah against, yeah, against racism. racism and so we were working with them and then she knew somebody from um, I think is it Cambridge, Cambridge, yeah, Cambridge, and we were working with the Cambridge and Ridge, yeah, Cambridge Ridge, Ridge. <laughs> Latin school, Latin school. Okay. Yeah, right. it's kind of a tongue twister, but yeah, <laughs> so we were working with them, so nobody in the area really. Yeah, so yeah. you guys could be probably a lead for the Merrimack Valley area because yeah. we are obviously close with a lot of our high schools. But all right, so talk to me a little bit about your advisor, um, and 
after you talk about your advisor, let me know in the first year, how has it been received from adults at the North End of a high school? So Miss um, Patrie, she's a Spanish teacher at the high school. Um, she is very, uh, like, I don't know how to passionate. explain it. Yeah, she's yeah, very pa passionate, passionate about yeah. making kids feel included. Um, other than our club, she's actually the advisor to the Muslim Students Association as oh, well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she's um, she's very good. And I'm sorry, what was your other question? Um, how's it been received? So it's a new club mm -hmm. during a global pandemic on top of everything else, mm -hmm. right? So um, in terms of the leadership, you know, from Chet Jackson to your principal down to your assistant principals, other teachers, um, do you feel like the Black Student Union has been accepted in its first year? Yeah, I think um, most of the teachers are very happy for us and they're like very supportive of it and like they buy our products, they um, ask like how they can help mm -hmm. and obviously more can be done, like there there can be more than just that, but I think it's going pretty good for the first year. And yep. I think a lot of teachers have kind of been waiting for something like this to happen, so we have a lot of support in the fact that they've wanted this to have they wanted a club like this for a really long time I, I just think a lot of teachers didn't know where to start and who to ask so yeah. we're glad miss patrie did yeah mm -hmm. and i know I, I talked to you a lot about mr van horn he's the one that actually suggested that i get in touch with you guys and he's pretty pumped about this organization mm -hmm. too so so for people that are hearing this the first time and obviously we're heading into the back end of the first year but how how would any student at north end of a high school get involved with the vsu um, so to get involved, um, we want to make sure that um, many people know that this club isn't just exclusive to only black and brown students. It's open to everybody, no matter uh, what their race is, what experiences they've experienced, no matter their sexuality. It's open to anybody. Yeah, but yeah, but we do think that black and brown voices should be at the forefront of this club, like because it is mostly a safe space for us so yeah. are black and brown voices mostly the makeup of the programs or do you have other people of color or um is it is it just the people of color what 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 is the makeup right now you said it's all inclusive with everything but yes. you obviously want the br black and brown voices to have a major voice on that mm -hmm. uh, are there other people involved also um yes i'd say so the majority of our meetings um, there are a few, I think, mm -hmm. a few students of color, and then the rest are white, um, which is, we're not, um, we don't have anything against that. Sure. I just really think it's great either way. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that people are coming to our meetings, the fact that people want to learn, that's just great in and of itself. Yeah. So I did want to know, like, how we talked about how the par how the teachers and your administrations looking at how is the general population? And again, it's a crazy year, right? Your hybrid method, you know, you're there two days a week, but you don't see half the school. Uh, how would you say that the students have received the BSU? Well, to be quite honest, it's been really half and half. Um, although we've gotten some support from uh, many of our peers. There's still um, some people that have found a problem with us. Um, the fact that we even started this club, um, we did receive some flack on uh, social media about this club. Um, so it was a bit disappointing to see that not everyone was on board for this um, club to be created, but that doesn't mean we're gonna stop. That doesn't mean we're going to end this club due to the criticism 
uh, the criticism that we get. It's uh, normal to receive criticism, um, but I think that this just motivates us to work even harder and to establish ourselves as um, a club that's open for everybody. Really. So yeah. the criticism you got, it's kind of like a real world thing, right? We yeah. talked offline about what's happening in our country, what's happening in the world, et cetera, et cetera. So you got some flack. I'm, I'm excited to hear and proud of you guys that that didn't stop you, right? Yeah. You kept moving forward on that. But let's be honest, how did it? How did you feel when you first saw that flack? Um, well, first, it kind of made me a little uncomfortable just to know that, like, I have a classmate who kind of thinks like that, you know, just or just has a problem with the fact that this is a this is our club, and like, it kind of put me back into the real world, and I was like, okay, not everybody is going to be supportive of this or supportive of these, of these, you know of activists just black lives matter in general and yeah i think it was just it was a wake-up call too that like we like this is real like people feel this way and like this is just what we're gonna have to deal with so i'm a silver linings guy i believe that you know there's certain things that come out of it so even though that was negative it sounds like it gave you even more resolve to hey we're gonna do this and we're not gonna be shut down because someone on social media hiding behind a social media site says something negative about us awesome so let me talk about you you've been doing some initiatives so i want to hear about this products you're selling i'm checking out these unbelievable sweatshirts i need to buy one of those um but talk a little bit about the initiatives and i and when i talk about the initiatives you have talked uh, about some of the products you sell and i want to know initiatives wise and again we're in a global pandemic but how are you doing to kind of initiative to get the word out more in any events or any activities you're trying to do to virtual or live talk to us about your products um so because this is our first year and we're really starting out we're mainly focusing on reaching um a lot of the students in our school um but hopefully we're really hoping that as we continue to expand and grow we can reach outside of north andover high we can reach different areas of the north andover community and help um minority communities that surround us and maybe hopefully work with um town leaders and maybe beyond that district leaders so because uh we really just started out now um and because there's a pandemic it's kind of been hard for us to plan certain things that um we want to do but we definitely do want to create change in this town and so that will be coming so we're mainly focusing on expanding our club right now awesome so let me talk to you a little bit about that and then you can talk to me about some of the products you're selling and but um, so one of my big things is that I'm going to need your voices to get down to the middle school. OK, and maybe okay. even younger than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you both a couple of you talked about moving here around that age. We all know how crazy middle school years are to begin <laughs> yeah. with. We know that it's very difficult on all levels. And there's a lot of young kids of color in the middle school right now that are mm-hmm. struggling um, and not I'm not talking struggling just from the pandemic, just struggling like you know, who they are, how they're accepted in the community or whatever. We also have a very active um, in Asia, Valdez, who's my support services coordinator, actually sits on this town board, which is diversity and inclusion. And I'm telling you, after this podcast, I'm going to talk to the powers to be that you guys got to be represented on that committee, too. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, you're starting it out to high school, and that's great. Uh, but there will be work to do throughout the community. And I really yeah, encourage definitely. you, once you get your 
your feet wet, so to speak, into your second year that you start taking a look at some of the stuff that you might be able to help with some of our younger kids in particular. Yeah. So, yes. so tell me about some of these uh, products you're selling. Um, so, by the way, we have really talked about like talking to little kids. It's it's a very important subject to us. Like awesome. Um, and we do encourage like we we want to see it at the middle school too if they mm -hmm. can start a club. Yeah. Um, so the products uh, we have T-shirts that are fifteen dollars, and uh, we started selling them like around the beginning of Black History Month. Sure. And also we have sweatshirts that are forty dollars each. Um, yeah, and we've been selling sweatshirts to mostly the teachers because we want to uh, make it look like a leadership type role, and yeah. um, so it's very important to us that like students who wear them are like leaders for the club and teachers are wearing them um, as a sign to help uh, students understand that like we need more like leaders mm -hmm. for this club yeah. and um yeah that's that's it for so now. so the money you'll raise off of that will will go back into funding whatever you guys yes. need yes. to do with initiatives and yeah. stuff which is great yeah. um how would people get in touch with you guys uh, if they wanted to buy a t-shirt or a sweatshirt do they just seek out you three is there any specific you know a website or anything we go to um yeah the instagram um nahs.bsu um we have like a t-shirt form on there and they Great. can like send us a message on there mm -hmm. and obviously they can reach out to us individually we are more than happy to help them with that awesome so make sure give us that instagram uh site again nahs.bsu all awesome. lowercase yes all lowercase okay awesome all right you talked about some of the initiatives so we are in the tail end of black history month um, could you tell me what you were trying to do during this month um, and were you able to pull off anything and again we're dealing with just such a crazy time with the pandemic if this was a normal year I'm sure you could have had an event at the high school um, is there anything that you guys did per se during the month of February or did you was it more about awareness um, this month we focused it on black heroes especially because and we focus on black heroes that don't get enough recognition or like a lot of the black heroes that we talked about this month are people that I hadn't heard about till I decided to do my own research. So that also goes back to like the curriculum. I think we definitely need to work on teaching students on li like black history just in general. So we focused on that. And Can you give us one of those heroes that you did some research on that people may not have known yeah sure um we actually um researched a lot about claudette colvin she was actually the first black woman to uh, refuse to give up her seat on a bus to a white person and a lot of people think that rosa parks, rosa parks was the first right. person but she wasn't she was 15 years old um she did it and she got in trouble for it she got arrested um she went to court she pleaded not guilty and they, um, her influence really spread across the black community. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people to know who the first were because a lot of times history, um, we gloss over history a lot and we don't really know the facts. Right. So it's important that people know who these people were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
thanks for educating me because I didn't know that. I mean, and this <laughs> no is, you know, something if you pick up all the time, everybody knows about Rosa Parks, which was a phenomenal thing. But yes. listening to you, she wasn't the first. So let's talk a little bit about, and we talked offline about this, and I brought up, and again, I'm a, a million years older than the three of you, but <laughs> uh, I was talking about that during the pandemic, I picked up a textbook that I had like in the seventh grade of history, and I was blown away about like what I was taught as a seventh grader. And we were talking a little bit offline that we need to do more in our curriculum and education at the high school, middle school, wherever, um, as we teach kids. What's your thoughts on that? And is this something that will be an initiative to kind of get maybe some curriculum change at the high school? Um, so I really think that schools really need to dive deeper into not just black history, but history of people of color because they along with other white pioneers have helped shape this country so much and they don't get as much recognition um, for us personally in our history classes um, at school black history is not taught extensively um, but luckily we have had uh, some teachers who do a great job incorporating um, black indigenous and other people of color's history into the units that we're learning about and we really commend them for that but even so more work really needs to be done um, we can't keep having the same lessons over and over again about slavery and the civil rights era and not really um, going further than surface level it's always mm -hmm. like we scratch the surface <coughs> and we don't really go deeper than uh, um, let's say who Martin Luther King Jr. was. I mean, it depends what class you take, but really still, there's so much more to black history than those two, um, than those two eras. And mm -hmm. so we really need to go deeper and examine all the aspects in which African-Americans and people of color have contributed to American society as a whole. Yeah. What's your what's your tact on how you would start that? I mean, is this something where, with the help of your advisor and some like-minded uh, educators at the school, that you would start to put something together? Maybe even get to the school committee to talk to them a little bit. Is that tell me a little bit of what might your plan might be on that? Um, I think that actually uh, might be something we do in the future. Definitely collaborating with not just our advisor, but with the members because having them incorporated in all of this is really important to us. And so um, we can create a plan um, of ways on how to incorporate black history and POC history into our lessons. And not just in history class, but uh, for example, music or STEM. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be really a great thing to present to the school committee. Maybe have them review uh, the curriculum and hopefully we can do something about it. So that's definitely on our list of things to do. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about you. You're taking this off and obviously you're doing some great work during a global pandemic. Um, how hard is it to kind of you're passionate about this how hard is has it been with the pandemic or you feel like you're 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 figuring it out somehow um no i won't lie it has been really hard like with covid because we can't have in-person meetings and mm -hmm. you know that's one thing we've been looking forward to like a lot like 
having an in-person meeting and that might not be able to happen this year and i feel like talking to people in person is it, it, it's a big difference than when they're through a computer screen their cameras off you don't know how they're reacting or if they understand because like in our meetings sometimes it's discussion based and sometimes we're um, teaching them something new about the black community community sorry um, and stuff like that so it, it's hard like during covid when you can't really connect with people mm-hmm. on a deeper level yeah. absolutely so talk to me a little bit about um so i'm a, i'm a person that looks in the mirror all the time in terms of what we can do better mm-hmm. right and in my world of running the youth center here we constantly do that like we don't rest on our laurels and we don't you know say okay we're mm-hmm. doing great blah 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 what could the community in general do more, whether it's the youth center or just, you know, the whole town of North Anna? What could we do more to help you? Um, so uh, based off my experience being here, I really think that North Andover as a whole has a problem of not being willing to start important discussions, mm-hmm. um, being afraid of starting these discussions. I'm not sure if it's because some people are scared of uh, possibly saying the wrong thing or maybe there's hatred in some people's hearts that they don't feel the need to start these conversations. But I really think that the town as a whole really needs to acknowledge the existence of things such as privilege, especially white privilege, racism and prejudice. Um, because it's been so long, uh, these things have existed for a while. Um, you can see them all throughout American history, all throughout our history. And we have seen the way that it has suppressed certain people and have um, elevated others. And it's been damaging. And at this point, I think you can't um, you can't really deny that racism doesn't exist that certain people have privilege Mm -hmm. you can't deny anymore because it's all around us it's real and just because you don't experience it doesn't mean that others don't experience that so although everyone may have different opinions we really need to come together and discuss these things because these things are affecting people daily Um, these things are hurting people so we need to talk about racism on all different forms all different forms of racism we need to talk about all different forms of privilege and just be open be willing to learn and be willing to listen and through that i believe that change will happen and um this discussions like these will be accepted more in the future so well said how about you too you you agree with everything she just said i do and I also think, like, at the same time, we all understand that we're pretty fortunate to be in Massachusetts because we are pretty liberal and a lot of people are willing to listen and are more progressive. But a lot of the times people will overstep and, you know, silence black and people of color's voices. And we just ask that people, uh, you know, listen and let black people and people of color be the forefront of these kinds of discussions because it's our experience well said i mean i think what i'm hearing from you is have an open mind and be open to dialogue okay and as you said courtney i think that the some of the reasons that you think that maybe 
people don't do, I think are right on. I think there's a lot of fear. I think mm -hmm. there's worried about saying the right thing versus the wrong thing. Uh, and I think there's some people out there that don't want to deal with it either. Mm -hmm. And that's a reality that we as a, you know, as a world has to deal with. Take me back, um, uh, we were talking offline and you guys came to the event that we held last year, uh, a vigil on Drummond, on Drummond Field. Uh, that we worked in collaboration with the Merrimack Valley Black and Brown Voices. By the way, are you connected with them at all? Yes, yeah. we are. Okay, yeah. so Mayara is one of my former workers here, uh, but good people doing a lot of really good work, so I'm glad you guys are connected. Uh, when that, when everything was happening last year from George Floyd, and, and let's remember, I mean, stuff like that was been happening for decades, centuries, et cetera, et cetera, but what was, what was it like for you three uh, during the crazy time of last spring, we're dealing with the pandemic, and then we're dealing with major, major race issues that mm -hmm. were on every news channel, et cetera. What was all that like for you three? Um, it was very emotional. Like, I, it took me a long time to even just watch the video. Mm -hmm. um, and also, growing up in a black family, African family, it's like the fear that you don't know if your dad is gonna come home every single day because mm -hmm. yeah. like my dad um he has been stopped by the police for no reason a lot so it's like you imagine oh that could have been my father in that position we mm -hmm. all have black fathers like like it's Cousin. just and yeah, yeah like all of our family yeah. members yeah. are like we have are black so it's it's just like you think about it and you're like wow that could have been someone i love deeply mm -hmm. and like it just it became such an emotional thing for the black community to see that this is how people treat us mm -hmm. and honestly this has been happening for so long mm -hmm. it's just like it went on camera mm -hmm. so yeah, then everyone like saw yeah. what was actually happening yeah. but like no one people didn't even know stuff like this was happening but we've grown up seeing this it's just like now because it's on CNN, it's on all the news um, channels, that's when people start to realize how big of a problem this is. For sure. How about you guys? Well, I agree with Jamila. I think it was really emotional. And it was, I've never, I've never seen the video of, I've never seen George Floyd. Like, I just never saw that video. And because it's just one of those things, it's very traumatic. And I think collectively, the black community went through a trauma. I think like it's just, yeah, it was just really disheartening seeing something like that. Sure. The day we held the event here, and I was very proud to, to, to sponsor it here and work with a lot of groups like Merrimack Valley, Black and Brown Voices, but my problem is it was a one-time event, right? And yeah. I think the town came out very much supported. Drummond Field was packed with people. Um, all following social distancing and wearing masks and things like that. But I felt there was a lot of empathy. I thought there was a lot of love. Mm -hmm. My problem is it's got to be more than one event, right? It's yes. got to be an ongoing yeah. thing that we need to continue to work with that. And, and that's why it's exciting to see you guys. It's exciting to see Merrimack Valley Black and Brown Voices. It's, it's uh, exciting to see that the town has put a diversity and inclusivity, uh, inclusivity um, committee together to start addressing some of these things. So let's talk a little bit about you three. Um, obviously, you come. You, you talked a lot about your advisor, and we've mentioned a few teachers. And I think you come from some pretty special families. But talk to me a little bit about whether it is family or not. Who who are some of the biggest mentors in your lives? Um, for me, uh, definitely my parents. First of all, I really do thank them for everything. 
even considering everything they've been through, you know, being immigrants um, and working so hard to give me and my siblings the opportunity that we have today. It's really, I can't thank them enough um, for making me the person that I am. So firstly, I, um, I consider them as my biggest mentors um, alongside them um, regarding this club as a whole and inspiring uh, inspiring us to be better leaders. I definitely say that our mentors are the Merrimack Valley Black and Brown Voices and also the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, specifically the Merrimack Valley branch, which I am a part of. Um, both organizations are very um, involved in BIPOC communities, um, very committed to giving people these resources that they may not have access to, always giving back to them, um, and always bringing attention to certain issues that they have. And so we really admire them. I really admire them. And I that they motivate us to be better people and be better leaders for our community. And we want to be like them. We want to be that organization for North Andover one day. So I'd say they are also one of my biggest mentors too. Right. How about you, Christina? Um, well, my biggest mentors are also my parents. My parents are some of the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life. Like they came here, well, my dad first came here in 2001 and he worked at like 7-Eleven. And now we have a house in North Andover. So seeing how far they've come is just really amazing. And they motivate me every single day because to, you know, to work hard to get where I want to you know go mm -hmm. so um yeah my parents are my biggest mentors Jamila? um <coughs> um my mentors are definitely um i can't just say my parents because i have a huge family and i'd be doing a disservice if i didn't think all of them like i think my most of my family my entire family is my mentor like i go I have someone for every problem in my sure. life like i go to my mom i go to my dad i go to my um, cousins and stuff so I think they've played a big part in why I am the way I am today um, also um, most of the teachers I've had um, there's some very like influential teachers that have made me motivated to even do what we're doing today so yeah. teachers. yes yeah. like <laughs> teachers uh, they make a huge difference in mm -hmm. our lives yeah. so yeah give us a little shout out who are a couple of those teachers um, for me definitely Mr. Van Horn He's great. He's awesome. And Mrs. Durkin, um, yeah, those Mr. two, Durkin. definitely yeah. awesome people. And Mr. Virgin, <laughs> too. So. Yeah, for me, it's Mrs. Tracy and uh, Mr. Fry. Mr. Fry. Yeah, yeah um, Mr. Fry is a big one on my list. Um, and Miss Durkin. And there's a lot more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> those are the big ones. As I told yeah. you at the beginning, we're going to make sure all of the people that you're connected with the high school, like Mr. Fry, Mr. Van Horn, we'll make sure they're tagged into this and, and hopefully they will listen to you guys because um, just in the last, we're going 35 minutes now, um, getting to know you guys. And uh, the first thing I say to all of your parents right now, boy, they got three special daughters here. You, you, guys, <laughs> uh, you guys are strong and uh, you got some great initiatives on this. So let me talk to you a little bit 
bit, not to get political. We try to keep the politics a little out of our, our, our youth-centered podcast, but we are obviously, we ended a really tough administration, and I think there's some hope with the new administration, but nothing's guaranteed. What would you say that the Black Student Union's feeling towards uh, the new administration, is it possibly going to be brighter days? What's your take on that? So with the newer administration, um, we're we're just waiting to see because we mm -hmm. haven't seen anything yet we've we've heard a lot of promises but we just want to see what happens because politicians have you know they do this thing where they make so many promises but they never deliver yeah. so, and uh, a lot of politicians tend to use black voices to get into office but mm -hmm. never actually do anything for the black community so we're just waiting to see what happens hopefully with um, a a black vice president who is a woman like hopefully we do see something you know hopefully we do see some sort of change or some sort of like initiative but we're just waiting to see yeah I, I would agree with you I mean I, I have hope for this administration but like you I've seen this I've heard this yeah. uh, and I'm again a lot older than you guys uh, I also ask people to be patient uh, Rome wasn't built in a day yeah. uh, I think we're talking 30 days into a new administration uh, I believe it's going to take a full year before we know if, if they were just promises they didn't keep or we're going to see some real action. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a half full glass type of guy, so my hope is that um, we will have brighter days. But mm -hmm. obviously I know that you know you three as well as other people, we gotta, we got to hold people to task on this. Mm -hmm. And you know it's going to be good to maybe get you connected with some of our legislators. Uh, Christina Minacucci is our representative. We have uh, Diana Zogli as our state senator. might not be a bad idea to get a uh, conversation with them. They're yeah. wonderful with you guys and to kind of keep bringing forth all of these things here. So let me, let me add, I'm going to just pick on Jamila here for a second. You're a senior at high school. Yep. With everything that you've been through and moving here and everything else, what would you say to a young sixth grade Jamila that moves here to North Andover that's a person of color? Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, so moving to North Andover was very hard for me because, um, you know, like this is the, like, I, I want to say this is, uh, how do I say it? <laughs> this is the most predominantly white town I've ever lived in. Yeah. That's yeah. what I wanted <laughs> to sure. say. Yeah. Sure. So um, it wasn't easy. Um, people would make comments, and I wasn't. I was. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say I was used to it, but like I didn't expect it to be as much as it was. Mm -hmm. But to a young sixth grader, I would say, stand up for yourself. Don't be quiet. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. It's okay to talk. It's like because me and Christina came at the same time so you know like that's kind of where our friendship came from and um yeah. I think it's like important to stay stay together with people who understand your experiences because yeah. it helps you to feel better yeah. it, you can stand taller yeah. um and also I think to a sixth grader it is important that you talk mm -hmm. you yeah. you say something to the people who like are disrespectful to you yes you know you um you go to like even if your teacher like there's teachers who would look at what was happening and didn't say anything sure. so that means you have to stand up for yeah yourself. you yeah. have to stand be there for yourself and be like okay this is not okay mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah That's i think uh, my biggest thing is just talk 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah. Uh, Christina, you, you didn't get off the hook here. I need you. What do you say to take me back to the kids that kind of put something on social media that didn't want to hear anything about Black Student Union? What would you say to your classmates? Kids that maybe having a hard time dealing with or accepting, I guess is the word we really want to use. What, what would you want them to hear from you? Oh boy, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, I've put you three on the spot, yeah. but. Um, I don't know, I, I would just tell them to like, I don't know, like this is our experience. Mm -hmm. Like this is, and unfortunately you can't understand. Yeah. Like in the, like it's just, like this is how things are and if you're not willing to listen i don't know what to tell you mm -hmm. i mean if you're if you don't like that's just it like i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> so it's your experience yeah, and let experience. us talk about it right. let us be it and try to maybe learn like i'd try to invite some of those people in and it yeah. might be very hard to do that right mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. but you know hopefully maybe at some point in time they're more open to hearing right. your story mm -hmm. yeah okay and uh, Courtney, you're not off the hook. Last <laughs> one here. You, we've heard it, and I totally agree. I, I told you offline when I first started here a million years ago, it was really a total white community. Yeah. I, I've actually worked with like two families of color, um, and it's changed greatly. What would you say to the parents in this changing community, Courtney, about your experience, y you being a person of color growing up in a predominantly white town, what would you say to those parents? Um, first off, I'd tell them that it's okay to change. It's okay for change to happen. Change is inevitable. And although it may seem like, whoa, like this is so much at once, we have to start getting used to it because it's not going to go away. Um, I know that we're separated by some generations and that things are different back then than how it is now. But that's okay. Um, as people, we need to continue to mo move forward. And so with that, um, they definitely need to start listening to um, not only black voices, but black youth, um, mm -hmm. youth who are um, youth of color. Um, and definitely having the conversation with their children about um, these issues, about race. Mm -hmm. And I know, like I said, I know it's hard. Change is weird, definitely. Mm -hmm. But in order to progress as a society, we have to keep it moving, we have to keep it pushing. We can't stay where we were before. We can't, um, we can't move back. We just gotta keep moving forward. And so that's what I really say to them, that change is inevitable. Um, change is happening and you just got to get used to it um, really listen to the youth listen to um, black youth listen to youth who are people of color and really try to understand their experiences although you haven't lived them do not try and invalidate them just because things were different back then or because invalidating them was the norm mm -hmm. just really listen and start teaching your children it's never um never too late and um, it doesn't matter what age there are um, learning about these things are really important because um, it helps you in the future so that's what I'd say to them 
Well, I, I will apologize. I threw the th I've put you three on the spot, <laughs> but I'll tell you, you, you answered, each one of you answered phenomenally, and Thank I think you. that's what I wanted you to naturally just tell people, whether it be your sixth grade yourself or your classmates mm -hmm. or for you, the parents in North Andover, mm -hmm. to actually hear from you. We could talk forever, but we got to start to wrap up our <laughs> podcast. So I, I do want to put a challenge out to you guys to mm -hmm. continue doing all of the great work you're doing. And I, I would like to welcome you next year to kind of come to a conversation here at the Youth Center on how we can do a better job in helping you. But also, as I talked to you earlier, I'm really, I'm really determined to have a program here at the Youth Center that is a newcomers program. Uh, I don't think, I think the community does an okay job with people that work in town, uh, that move to town, whether it be elementary, middle school, or high school. The reality is we need to do a better job. Right. And if anyone thinks that we're doing a phenomenal job, now we're not. I mean, <laughs> and we just got to look in the mirror, is what I always mm -hmm. say. Um, but I think we can. And working with you know, my good friend Steve Nugent at the high school and maybe Andy Van Horn and, and some great people, Laura Stevens down at the middle school, we can, we can probably get something where we can do a little bit more to welcome people to our community. I do think this is a great community, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a lot of really good things here, but it's not perfect, as we've talked about before, and we gotta keep getting So, do I get your commitment? I know you two are going off to college, we'll um, but you'll be back. Yeah. And Court, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a new group of people, yeah. and I'd like to see if we can do this. Definitely. All right, let me just finish by saying, girls, I, I'm blown away by having you guys here today. I love your honesty. I love just getting the real you, and that's my thing. I. I'm not into fake. I mean, tell me who you are. Tell me really what how you feel about things. And you guys are phenomenal. I, I wish you the best of luck with the Black Student Union. Thank you. Thank I ask you. kids to get more involved with this. Seek these girls out here. You know, you got their Instagram stuff. We're going to get this up on every platform that we can possibly put it on. Uh, Mayara Rice is going to get a phone call from me saying make sure she takes care of the, you know, the Black Student Union here at North <laughs> Andover High and everything else. So uh, on behalf of the Youth Center, I want to wish you guys the best of the luck, the rest thank of the program, but so also you two back off at college next year. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, next week we have two more coming up. We have uh, Steve Boudreaux, a former kid here, educator and teacher that's coming in to talk about teen culture. And then we have the Muslim Club coming in, which is similar to our group that we have here today. They're going to come in and talk about their club, some of the things. I'm sure there'll be some similarities that we talked about today, but excited to have their crew in here also. So once again, I want to thank these three wonderful ladies, and I, I really wish I did know their parents because I tell them how awesome their daughters are. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion. <laughs>